Hello and welcome to JLGB Virtual We Are Live. As part of JLGB's recent adjustments to the coronavirus lockdown, we have been helping parents and young people stay entertained and active all online. In order to adapt our delivery to the government restrictions, on the 23rd of March, we launched JLGB Virtual, which runs every Monday to Thursday evening. This is our way of ensuring that we can continue to delight, inform and entertain young people so that they can have some fun, learn new skills and make a difference. Sessions include skills like magic, upcycling and coding. Physical activities and the focus of this podcast series, interviews with expert speakers from a range of backgrounds, including famous actors, social entrepreneurs, government ministers and many more. These interviews are run by young people like myself. So if you have any questions or want to get involved, please reach out to us on any social media platform. Just look for JLGBHQ and message us. We have so many exciting guests for you to listen to and we hope you'll join us live very soon. For now though, join us through our catalogue of guests. Today's guest is the Goldbergs and Curve Your Enthusiasm star, Jeff Garland. Sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy. So now, the moment we've all been waiting for. Our special guest tonight hates long introductions, so I'll try to keep this brief and hope he'll indulge me just this once if I do go on for too long. Jeff Garlin is an American comedian, actor, writer, and producer, best known for his roles in Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Goldbergs, Wally, and Toy Story. Born and raised in a Jewish home in Chicago, Jeff is son of Jean and Carol Garlin. Suffering from Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome, a heart ailment, Jeff had to give up sport at quite a young age. Already (laughs) way too long. That's like my bio. Don't do that, Abby. (laughs) Halfway through. No, it just, here's the thing. I'm a funny guy from America. I've played London before. I'm... I'm a happy Jew, I'm a happy comedian, I am blessed to have uh, a, a successful career. This, by the way, is my mask. <laughs> so if you wonder what I'm wearing around my neck. Anyhow, I'm so happy to be here, happy to be here with Abby. Uh, and I told her, I said, don't make it long. And the second you started, Abby, I went, oh no, this is, you know, you're going to, I did when I was a kid. I had a thing called Wolf Parkinson White Syndrome, which is a rapid heartbeat thing. And I was one of the first people to ever um, have it fixed without having uh, open heart surgery. Not that kids uh-huh. everywhere think about that. But anyhow, I am happy to be. It's an honor to be here. I'm hearing lots of bells. I'm hearing things. Uh, my favorite person on here is a, is a guy named Louie. Louie. Yeah, that's right, Louie. Louie! Louie, I want to talk to Louie. Where's Louie? Louie! Yeah? How you doing, Louie? Um, good. Okay, that was a good conversation. All right, back to you, Abby. <laughs> So how's lockdown been for you? Have you been keeping positive? How have I been keeping positive? It's a constant struggle, but I'm a real positive person. So I do the best I can because, 
You know, even when things are at their worst, and certainly we've got that going on right now, you can still find joy in life. And so I find joy in something every day, even on my bad days. And then I have some really great days. It just moves around. Today being here is a great day. I'm honored to be here. We're very honored to have you. So we're really pleased to have you on our program tonight as we celebrate 125 years of JLGB. We've been boosting positivity and keeping children and their families active, healthy and entertained for 19 weeks now since lockdown began, with the help of a special guest helping us each evening. So other than Neil pestering you, what made you actually say yes to joining us this evening? Uh, I did my research on JLGB um, and I felt that it was pretty fantastic. And I got to tell you, I'm not... One thing I learned in my lessons of life is I'm very confident as a man and as a comedian, like I know my skills, but I'm also very blessed and very humble. I don't think I'm such a big shot, if you will. And so the idea that you guys even wanted me to come say hello, I love. And, and, it, it, and uh, what else am I doing? I'd be taking a nap right now if I wasn't here. That's exactly, I, I, I didn't sleep that well last night and I'd be taking a nap. I might take a lap nap when we're done. Um, yeah, so, uh, I, but, but, it, but it's a, I'm, I'm honored to be here. That's why I'm here. So we're all about acts of kindness here and we always ask our guests what they've been doing to help others. Of course, you joining us here is a massive act of kindness in itself. But during this difficult time, has there been a more personal act of kindness that you've done to help others? Um, I've donated a lot of money. Um, and I've talked to people to keep them positive. I do what I can. It's like I can't even, when I do acts of kindness, which I do all the time, I really want to be that person who's joyful and kind. Um, I don't keep track of it. I just do it. That's how I live my life. So you're saying, what have I done? It's not like, oh, I've got a list. It's like, yeah, I've given money. I've been, I've talked to people and kept them upbeat, but it's not like I have it in my head. I just do acts of kindness. It's just who I am. I hope that I'm a kind gentleman. I think the world would be a better place if everyone had that, had that idea. Well, by the way, one of the things that I've learned in life as an, old, an older man is this is like actually the one truth that I've learned. And that is, it's really important, especially at a time like this, to be kind to yourself. Yeah. And so if you're kind to yourself, which by the way, starts every morning when I go in the bathroom, I look in the mirror and I go, hi, I swear I do. And that sets a tone. It sets a tone for the day of joy, of things are going to be okay. And so, uh, I, yeah, there you go. Be nice to yourself. Because if you're nice to yourself, there's no way you're mean to somebody else. So let's go back to the very beginning about your childhood, growing up Jewish in Chicago. Yes. Did any youth opportunities that you have help to shape you? Did you have a bar mitzvah? Did you go to a Jewish summer camp? I went to Jewish preschool. 
I went to Hebrew school. I went to Jewish summer camp. I was bar mitzvahed. I was part of United Synagogue Youth, which uh, is an organization. Also, uh, AZA, which was a Jewish youth group. So all of it had a profound effect on me. And by the way, in all those situations, I was very disruptive in a happy way, and I made everybody laugh. So it was training for me to be who I am today, to be funny. I was very much like Louis. I like to say Louis's gone now. I don't even know where he is. He's not in his window. So you already jumped the gun for the next question about if you always look about town, but did you ever imagine that Look at look at Louie dancing. Louie, look at you. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Louie. Louie, what's your last name? Goodman. Goodman? Yeah. Okay. Oh, look at you. You got your thing around your neck like me. <laughs> All right. Back to you, Abby. I'll come back to you again, Louie. I like you. All right, keep going. So right, as a class clown, did you ever imagine that it would be anything like that? Did you ever imagine that you'd go on to be so successful? All right, what if I told you that I knew I wanted to be a comedian since, I mean, that, that, that it was, I found out it was a job. My parents took me to say to see this comedian when I was eight. That's 1970, I'm 58 years old. And they took me to see Jimmy Durante, who was a very famous comedian in the States. And um, on the way home, I asked, I watched, by the way, the people so happy and I watched the way he was entertaining and I thought, well, that's kind of what I do in class. And then I asked my parents on the way home, is that a job? And they said, yes. And I said, well, that's the job that I want. So I knew when I was very young that I wanted to be a comedian. And being a comedian is not like a normal job, like what would be a good job for me? Being a comedian is actually a calling. Any comedian that's that you guys know who's funny and well-known, believe me, it's a calling. It pulls you in. You don't get to say, maybe I'll be a comedian. It's like, I have to be a comedian. And that's what it was for me. I had to be a comedian. So first and foremost, you are an improviser and you yes, improvise stand-up and on curb your enthusiasm. So how did you hone this craft? Can you give us your best tips for improvising, if there are any? Well, by the way, I learned the craft. I originally learned the craft because I have ADHD, if you can't tell by watching me talk. And so ADHD, I always wanted something different to change things. And so I was a natural at improv. I learned how to improvise. I was in a theater in Chicago called Second City. And in this theater, they taught us how to improvise. And in a scene, uh, uh, like on Curb Your Enthusiasm, um, there'll be a story, but we make up our dialogue uh, every time different. So that's, but if I'm, if I'm in a, a movie or a TV show where someone has written the dialogue, I learn it and I say it and I don't just make up what I want. I'm very respectful to anyone who writes. Yeah. So it's one thing to improvise. My tips, my tips for it are, if you want to be a good improviser, listen, listen and react and try and make the other person look good. 
Hopefully they're doing the same thing. That's not always true. So, sometimes I work with actors who only care about themselves. But if both actors, when they're improvising, are listening and trying to make the other person look good, it works great. I love that Louis can't uh, sit still. This is very exciting. <laughs> Louis, you're my highlight today, I swear. I mean, I'm, I know that there's, uh, there's 50 participants, but you're on my screen and you're making me laugh as you change clothes and jump in and out. I like it. Thanks, pal. All right, go ahead, Abby. So it's one thing to improvise. By the way, I met Abby's mom and her <laughs> little sister. Delightful, delightful. All right, go ahead, Abby. They're watching now and I bet downstairs they're like, yes. <laughs> so it's one thing to improvise a sketch, but each Curb episode is totally unscripted. So yeah. can you tell us about that process? How much yeah. of a synopsis does Larry David write? Right. Well, and David, here's the thing. I have the smartest, funniest man on earth, maybe, writing scenarios. So he'll write the scene, and then we know what happens in the scene, and we make up our own dialogue, yeah. and then we change it and adjust it. That's how we do it on Curb. But the biggest reason for the success is the funny ideas Larry David thinks of. So it's really fun. And he comes up with the great stuff. So we have lots of audience questions tonight, very unsurprisingly. So enough for me for now. And we're going to go to Emily from Redbridge for our first question. Hi there, how are you? Hey, how are you? Emily, uh, huh? Yeah. Hi, Emily. Oh, how are you? I'm good. So talk to me. Tell me, Emily Diamond. Let's go, yeah. Emily Diamond. Ask me anything you want. <laughs> so my favorite show when I was growing up was The Wizard of Wavy Place, oh, where you played yeah. Uncle Kelbo. So what, <laughs> what was it like working on the show and even get to work with and pretend to be like Shakira? Okay, so a couple things. Uh, number one, when I started working on the show, a friend of mine was the producer of the show. And I, my kids were the, were the right age to watch Wizards of Waverly. So I said, whatever you come up with, I'll do. They made me the uncle. When I shot my first episode, Wizards of Waverly Place hadn't even aired yet. Um, it hadn't aired. So nobody knew Selena Gomez at all. And I love Selena. And her and her mother used to ask me about things and I said, and I realized as I was working with Selena, I'm like, oh, this girl's gonna be a star. And she had the best work ethic, the best sense of humor, so much fun. And I had fun with everybody on the show. And then <clears throat> I told my friend, I had done a bunch of episodes and I said, you know what, I'm too busy, I don't wanna do anymore. And then I got a phone call from him, he goes, you're gonna do one more. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, I have this episode where you're, he goes, I'll explain it to you later, but you're essentially going to be Shakira. And I said, wait, Shakira's going to be in it? He goes, yeah, and you and Shakira are essentially the same person. You're going to go back and forth. And the joke is, and I became friendly with Shakira, she's also very nice, was that I was a big fan of Shakira's, but I'd never heard her sing. 
I'd only seen her dance and stuff, and I'm like, Shakira! And uh, I had so much fun, but I have to say, that episode was very embarrassing to me uh, based on the outfits that I had to wear. It was amazing. I mean, watch it today. Well, by the way, here's the truth. I've never even seen the episode because I can't watch myself in those outfits. Oh no, definitely God. go go tonight and watch it. That's a good, no, good, uh, good idea. I can't look at myself in those outfits. I can't. No, it's one of the best episodes. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. By the way, I remember shooting it, and it was really funny, and it was fun, and I have great memories of it, but no, 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 I won't watch it. <laughs> By the way, that's something, uh, know that I, I've worked, I'm, I'm 58. I've been doing this as a job since I'm 20 years old. So for 38 years, what are you doing with your phone, Louie? <laughs> Louie, what are you doing with your phone? Putting it in the uh, just what um, watching you. I was watching you on Facebook. Oh, you're watching on the phone, but yet you're also watching on your computer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> By the way, Louie's is fun. All right, anyhow. Um, the majority of things that I have filmed, and this is, I swear this is completely true, I've never seen. Like, like you know, the thing IMDB, and it lists all your shows? I bet you half those shows I've never even seen are movies. Because for me, the joy is in doing it. And unless, uh, I generally don't watch it. I don't, because I, it's not an ego thing for me of like, look at me. As a matter of fact, I kind of get a little nauseous watching myself. True. So I've never seen, I think I've seen one episode of Wizards of Waverly that I was in. Um, I'm trying to remember. Anyhow, point being is I haven't seen most of my stuff. So there you go, Emily Diamond. It's so nice to have met you. Thank you so much. So nice to meet you too. Pleasure. Um, The next question we have is from Emma from Cardiff. Emma from Cardiff? Hi, how are you? I've only heard about Emma from Cardiff. I've never seen you. You know, in the <laughs> States, we talk about Emma from Cardiff all the time. Well, go ahead, Emma, Emma from Cardiff. What do you want to ask me? I'll answer anything. Um, so I've heard that you said playing the captain on Wally is one of your proudest moments. So could you please tell us a bit about why this is so special to you, how you got the role, and what it was like to work with Pixar? And also, did this lead on to them playing Buttercup in Toy Story? Okay. So the first, by the way, I, like all of you, for years have watched Pixar movies and loved them. The original Toy Story, you know, all, 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 I love Pixar movies. So Andrew Stanton, who wrote and directed uh, Finding Nemo, um, contacted me. We knew each other. And he said, I have a part for you that I'm really interested in you doing. Uh, we'll fly you up because Pixar's up in San Francisco in Northern California. Um, and um, I'm down in Los Angeles. So they flew me up. And by the way, to me, it was a joke. Like, they're going to sell me on the idea that I'll be in a movie at Pixar. I was going to say yes, no matter what. Mm -hmm. So I um, went up there, I saw, and I saw that the character they had designed kind of looked like me. And I said, yes, I worked for three years on it. Um, I kind of blew out my voice. My voice sounds much more distinct now at this point in my life because 
of all the work I did on Wally. Three years of yelling and you're in a, a little booth. You can see out of and you see the director, you're not there with other actors and you have pages they give you and you say the words. And the reason Pixar movies are so good, you know, you have to imagine it. And the reason uh, uh, Pixar movies are so good is because what they do is they remake the movie over and over, not in the full budgeted way, but enough so they can see it and they see what works and they go, oh, that doesn't work. Let's redo it again. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with a, uh, a comedian named Charlie Chaplin. Um, Charlie Chaplin used to do that in his movies. That's why they're so good. He would just remake them until they were perfect. So I worked three years on Wally. And also, I never saw anything until the premiere of the movie. And when I saw it, I couldn't believe that I was involved with something so beautiful. By the way, I'm the captain in Wally. I don't know if you said that. Um, so everyone knows what, if they've seen it. But I'm more proud of that movie. I think that movie's really magical and special. I mean, I ended up from that working on other Pixar movies. I was in Cars 2. By the way, the worst part of all time in Cars 2. So I'm in a movie about cars. Do you know what voice I am? The Lemon, the crappiest car in the whole movie, my voice. Ah. Uh, but also I'm Buttercup the Unicorn in the Toy Story movies, Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4. But it's such an honor. I also, I did one movie uh, because they make great movies, and that's a company called Leica, that uh, L-E-I-K-A, um, I believe that's how it's pronounced, anyhow, or L-A-I, anyhow, um, I did a movie called Paranorman that you guys might have seen. I played Paranorman's father, um, but they made a movie called Coraline. They make some great movies, so because of working with Pixar, I don't lend my voice to other animated movies, even if they offer me a lot of money, because they're not going to be as good as a Pixar movie. Uh, and I'm so honored to be part of it. But Wally specifically, man, I can't believe that I was in that movie. And it's also the kind of movie where they wouldn't do a sequel, you know. Um, so it's a one-time thing, but man, that was magic for me. And I love it. I, and I, when I saw it for the first time, remember, I was recording not seeing anything. And the first time I saw it, I was moved to tears. I could not believe that I was in something so beautiful. Thank you. Oh, wow, thank you so much. Thank you, Emma. Emma from Cardiff. <laughs> Louie actually has a quick question to ask you. Louie! Louie, you got a question. Go ahead, Louie. Hi, um, who's the most famous person you've seen in your career? The most famous person I've seen in my career? Yeah. Who's, a, who's, who's your favorite comedian? Like, who, name, name somebody like, that you think is really famous. Um, Anyone. James Corden. James Corden? Is really the most well. Um, I actually he'd be on the short list of people I don't know. I don't know James Corden. I um, mean, I know who he is. I've never been on his show. I've been on every other talk show except for James Corden. Um, yeah, so I don't know James Corden. I don't know uh, Eddie Murphy. 
Jerry Seinfeld? I don't know. Okay. I mean, I know anyone who's in the comedy business, uh, I, I know. So I know lots of famous comedians. Louis, 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 do you think for a second that I'm not going to tell all the famous comedians I know here that I met Louis? <laughs> I'm going to tell all of them. Who's that behind you, Louis? Um, my sister. And did you get along good with your sister? Do you make your sister crazy or does she make you crazy? <laughs> she makes me crazy. She makes, hey, what's your name, Louie's sister? <laughs> Go on, just call me. Oh, she called Daisy. Okay, it's okay. All right. Well, nice. Louie, I'll come back to you again later. Louie, you're the highlight for me. All right. Although Abby and Emma and Emily are big highlights too. But I was gonna, I'll try not to be too offended by that. <laughs> but the next question is from a different Louie now. Okay, let's go to a different Louie. Nobody told me there'd be more than one Louie. Look at you, Louie, uh, yeah. you look like an older version of Louie. <laughs> well, young Louie, yeah. that's what you're gonna look like. Look at the two handsome Louies. Hey, you got the world made. All right, go ahead, Louie. Um, so while you had lots of success before, it was arguably plain. Do you have a Union Jack flag anywhere? Uh, yeah, I do there, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding with you, it's right there on the screen. Go ahead. Um, so, arguably it was playing Jeff Green, uh, Larry David's manager and best friend in Curb Your Enthusiasm that made you a household name. So I want to know how did you get involved with this because I actually heard it was your idea um, and also I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but what's it like working with Larry David? Okay, um, yes, it was my idea and I was smart enough to tell Larry David. When you have a great idea, it's really good to tell a genius. So I told the genius my idea, and he said, yeah, let's do that. And Larry David is one of my dearest friends. And when we work, we take our work very seriously, but we laugh all day. We laugh all day. And he even said to me, because you're never going to have this much fun ever again working on anything. And he's completely right. So we laugh all day, and it's much fun. And he's the best guy. And... Um, yeah, it's really, 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 really fun. So the next question is from Guy. Oh, thank from you, Louis. Louis, thank you. And enjoy your Union Jack flag and your state you. and your white <laughs> Go ahead. The next question is from Guy. Is that Guy? Wait, Guy. Yeah. Did you, did you just get those glasses or have you had them a long time? I mean, I had them a long time. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I wasn't, Guy, I got to be honest with you. I wasn't expecting the glasses. From everything I heard about you, nobody ever mentions the glasses. They just say he's a handsome, cool guy. That's all they ever say about Guy. But oh my God, look at you with the glasses. All right, go ahead, well, Guy. You've you got to give everyone a fighting chance. That's why you put on the glasses. That's why you put on the glasses. Oh, okay, good. Okay. I wear glasses too, Guy. I do. <laughs> and I wear, I, uh, yeah. Uh, right. So on Cub, you work with the brilliant Jewish comedian Susie Essman. Okay. So I, hold on one second here. Yes, she's a brilliant comedian. 
have these questions been given to everybody and everyone's just taking a chance? Because it seems like, Guy, you're reading the question and you're not actually asking the question. Am I wrong? Okay, sorry. Should I, which I'm to do with my eyes closed, but that's bad manners, obviously. Well, no, no, but I'm saying, is this really your question? Yeah. Or, or is this like a question that you've been assigned to ask me? This is my question. Okay, great, let's go, guys. Right. <laughs> right, okay, so you work with the brilliant Jewish community, Susie Essman. Yes, so, I do, and she is a Jew. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of them are. The, so By my the way, you know what's really funny, I'm on the Goldbergs, and yet there's only two of us on the Goldbergs that are Jewish, myself and George Siegel, who plays the grandfather. Everybody else, all three of the kids are, two are Italian, one is uh, a Latina who's Catholic, I believe, and two are Italian and Catholic. And then uh, the mother, Beverly Goldberg, uh, Wendy McLennan-Covey, is also not Jewish. So I'm on a show about a Jewish family, and I'm <laughs> Jew. George Siegel, <laughs> Jews. But go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so my question is, because obviously she plays quite a, an interesting character and quite a temperamental character on the show. Yes. So I ask, no, of course, I imagine she's not like that in real life. But the question is, do you, when you're improvising with each other and when you're playing quite, in sometimes quite a hostile relationship with one another, yes. do you often get worried that you've offended one another with kind of, with your jokes, you've gone too far? Okay, that's a good question. She used to be very concerned that she was offending me by calling me, let's just leave it at names. And to be honest, on a couple things, first off, she's one of my dear friends. So she's acting, I don't take offense. And I always thought when the show started, if I don't want to be called certain names, lose weight. And that's what I did. And she can no longer call me that name because it doesn't make sense. When I first started the show, I was like 80 pounds heavier, maybe more even. And I've lost like 80 to 90 pounds. And so she can't call me those. She calls me other things and she plays this mean character. I will tell you this, she's one of my dearest friends, great sense of humor, wonderful woman, but she's one of the only, I, I'm Curb Your Enthusiasm, I'm the class clown, okay? I'm the one, that's always making silly things up and asking people to do stupid things and all that. She's the only one on the show that doesn't go along. She goes, no, I'm not doing that. No, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna be your toy. Yet like Cheryl Hines, <clears throat> who plays Cheryl on the show, Ted Danson, Larry David, they all do any silly thing I come up with. But Susie does not. No, not doing it. But I love her. And she's um, a dear person. Thank you. Thank you, Guy. So, as I said before, my family and I absolutely love the Goldbergs, where we, of course, play the father, Murray, based on Adam Goldberg's Jewish upbringing in the suburbs of Philadelphia. What was it like to work on the show with the cast, especially Lucky the dog, who I hear you have an extra special connection with? Well, I don't think everyone else knows. I love the cast on the Goldbergs. We're, we're, we're going to start shooting 
during the pandemic. They have lots of safety. Let me just turn off my mail. It keeps dinging. Hold on. I apologize. Let's turn that off. Quit. And now I'm quitting my, uh, my uh, texting thing. Come on. Why is it not popping up? Here we go. Quit. Quit. So hopefully there'll be no more dings on my part. Uh, Sage. Sage. Come here, sweetie. Sage. Oh, she'll come out in a minute. Anyhow, um, I love everybody. I, my dog on the show, the dog's name is Lucky, but in real life, it's Sage. And um, I, this past year, actually adopted my TV dog, uh, who I think is probably outside right now. Sage? Because she would come running to me. Well, hopefully before this ends, she'll come and I'll show her to you. There? Oh, yeah, come here, Sage. Sage, come here, go, my baby. I'm so madly in love with this dog. And she is, during the pandemic, she has truly changed my life. She's kept me, I, my best friend, say hello to everybody. You're putting your head up. Hold on. Let's see. All right. That's Sage. She is perfect. That's all. I love you. But she plays uh, Lucky on the uh, Goldbergs. About a year ago, um, I, I decided, I, I, you know, I live alone. And I thought, uh, uh, you, you, look, I'm divorced, which is, uh, although I love my ex-wife. I do very much. And we had dogs. We always had dogs. She has dogs now, uh, new dogs since who I love. And I realized living alone, not knowing there was going to be a pandemic, I said to Sage's trainer, Lucky's trainer, if you know her, and I said, uh, can you help me find a dog? She goes, what about Sage? Now, for seven years, that dog has been sitting on my lap while I wear my tidy whities and I pet her. And all I've been saying is, I love this dog. I wish I could have this dog. She said, what about Sage? And I'm like, are you kidding me? So she came home with me about a year ago. And... She's my best friend. I love her. And she was, she's brought me so much joy during this time of great isolation for all of us. See, a lot of you guys are very lucky that you're living with your uh, families. It may not feel like that sometimes because you're in close quarters and you're probably arguing and your parents aren't used to having you home. But my boys are 20 and 24 and I'm very close with them but they're living right now with their mother because, you know, and yeah. so I see them in my backyard at a distance and I'm always, I love my boys so much. I'm always kissing and hugging them. So Sage has given me something to kiss and hug because uh, I can't, you know, kiss and hug my sons. Um, so you're all very blessed and very lucky if you are locked down with your family. It may not seem that way, but you'll look back on it. And you will look back on it on, we all made each other crazy. That's part of it. But you're so lucky to be with your brothers and sisters and parents. Really lucky. Definitely think that's a positive that we can take out from this. Um, we have a question from Samuel. By the way, Abby, you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. I'm no Ellen. I know I've been on the Ellen show. I'm no professional. By the way, you could be. 
Hi there, hi there, Jeff. Thank you for uh, for coming. Is this Samuel? Uh, Is this Samuel? Yes. You're Samuel. Yes. Wait one second. You're Samuel. I think so. Okay. What do you want to know, Samuel? Um. Well, I'm a massive Star Wars fan, and I I love. I'm a nerd for all things sci-fi and fantasy and everything, and. I've heard that uh, in you starred as a cameo in The Rise of Skywalker, the most recent Star Wars film. That's so, completely uh, true. Uh, uh, how? So I would like to know how how did that happen, and like how well, well do you know J.J. Abrams? Uh, again, another fellow Jew, and yes. it's a very J. J. close Abrams, community. It's a small world. J.J. Abrams is, is one of my dearest friends. And also the woman that the woman that produced the movie is my former assistant. So for me, here I'm doing his favorite. I'm, I'm actually not being rude looking at my phone. I want to find the picture of what I look like. Okay, here we go. This is what it, because here's what happened. I went to go hang out with them. So I was in London for a week at that time. I've been there many times and performed there many times. Uh, in Soho, I performed the Soho Theater. Anyhow, so I waited all week. We didn't know which day I'd be working. I was in makeup for four hours. I ended up on the screen in the movie, and I'm not exaggerating, for maybe a half a second. Only I was there with my boys at the premiere, and they didn't even notice me. I noticed me because I knew exactly when it was. But four hours, and this is what I looked like. Yeah, it's familiar. Oh, you see it? But it, it's familiar, yeah. It wouldn't be. I mean, it's familiar because it's an alien that kind of looks like an alien you'd see in Star But look at my face next to it. That's that's me. Four hours of makeup. But by the way, on Disney Plus, which some of you might have, they have a behind the scenes on the movie. And I think on makeup and wardrobe. And you can see me in that a lot the movie, but I don't care. I just had fun being with uh, uh, JJ. Uh, um, yeah, so there you go. And um, it, was, it, was, it was an honor to be there and it was great fun. Yeah, and um, are you are you uh, also a sci-fi fan? So like a fan of Star Wars and Star Trek, the MCU, the DCEU, uh, Doctor I, Who, well, are you into all that? I uh, collect comic books. I love uh, the Silver Surfer. I love uh, Batman. Those are probably my two favorites. So I love all that. I don't love superhero movies that much because like I love the, the, the Batman ones that Christopher Nolan did. Those are great. I love those. I loved, um, what was the name, A Deadpool? Uh, the second one was funny, but the first one was, a, I thought, a great movie. Second one was really funny and entertaining. So some of them I like. In terms of, I like all the Star Wars stuff, but I'm a big Star Trek guy. I love the original Star Trek and Next, Next Generation. And uh, I heard, Brent, is it Brent Spiner that's coming? Yeah, yes. How exciting is that? Um, that'll be really exciting. Uh, so I'm a Star Trek guy. That, that's my thing. And like I said, I collect comic books. Uh, so I still read comic books. I'm 58. I haven't stopped. Uh, yeah, I love it, but very specific. But Batman's my all-time favorite. 
yeah, I prefer things like um, uh, the Deadpool and the Marvel Zombies well, series. Here's the thing about 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 uh, the the Marvel universe and superhero movies. You kind of know there's nothing like you don't care about the characters. It's all about the fights and this that. Whereas Deadpool, for example, you cared. Uh, it's my son. Hold on one second. Hold on. Hey, I'm on this uh, Zoom thing with. Uh, is this my son? <laughs> hey, can I call you back? Sure. I love you. I'll talk to you in a minute. All right. So um, uh, you don't care about the characters like Deadpool. I cared so much about the character and that's the trick so anytime there's a superhero movie and you really like when i watch the avengers i don't care and i know they're going to be okay they don't pull me in you know but deadpool pulled me in yes. i know that's an elaborate answer yeah. and some of you watching don't care but nonetheless i am yeah, supposedly you. he'll be in the mcu so thank you i hope so yeah. i hope so um thank you very much Thank you Pleasure very much. You. Thank you for everything you've done. And then thank you. And enjoy Brett Spiner. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Before we go on to the next question, I just wanted to quickly say that at the minute we have 600 people watching live on Facebook. Oh, it's really? This Zoom. Hello, yeah. everybody on Facebook. Yeah. So the next question is from Sydney. Hi. I thought you were coming from Australia, but your name is Sydney. <laughs> oh, Sydney? Wait, Hi. are you Sydney Middleman? Yeah, I am. You're Sydney Middleman? <laughs> I've heard so much. What can I do for you, Sydney Middleman? Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on tonight. I know we like all, we all like really appreciate it. And I was a massive Wizard Wobby Paste fan and of oh, yours. Cool. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for saying such kind words. I appreciate it. Um, okay, so my question is, uh, so coronavirus has affected the entertainment industry so much, closing West End and Broadway shows and pushing back movie release dates and halting a lot of TV production. Um, so from the news, we've seen that um, it looks like America has been hit so hard by it with 150,000 deaths even more so how do you see the future of your industry changing because of this pandemic and how are the Goldbergs and Curb affected by this all okay I'm going to tell you something I don't see it changing at all it's just when the pandemic when the, when they start having a cure and all this everything will go back to normal despite what people say that's the reality um People, look, I can't, I, I'm not doing stand-up now and I won't do stand-up again until I know I can be in a room filled with people who are not wearing masks. I know some people are always going to wear masks because they're either scared or they have, they're a little bit sick and they're worried. But until I can see smiling faces, the Goldbergs, for example, we're coming back to work in three weeks and every department is separate from every department and everyone's masked and like the director is over in another area and he's going to have to talk to us on a microphone like 
The only people that I'm going to be around are other actors. But even that, I, there's not going to be a shot where myself and another actor is next to me. Just it'll be me by myself, and then we'll shoot over. We're finding ways around it. And hopefully, no one will get sick. Uh, that's the hope. Um, but I think, here's the thing. And, the, you know, I would tell this at the end, but I'm going to tell you now. I really feel, and I know the world's in a strange place, not only because of this, but because of the way the world is with leaders and different things. And, and um, you know, uh, you guys have Brexit. We have Trump. It's a whole world of stuff. But the most beautiful flower is a lotus flower. And a lotus flower grows from the muck, from the dirt, from the bottom of the water, like all the crap. And the lotus flower comes out. And I think the world is like the lotus flower. So all this crap is happening now. We're all going to come out of it. And hopefully the thoughtful, enlightened people will grow and feel good. But I know there's a lot of people who aren't wearing masks, aren't taking it seriously, are very, um, it's an ego thing. I think I'm not going to wear a mask or whatever. Whereas I do social distancing. I wear my mask when I'm, when I'm out. If I go out in public, um, I wash my hands all the time. Um, I give, I'm respectful and I don't want to get sick and I don't want to get anybody else sick. But after all this happens, we're going to be a lotus flower. Things are going to be beautiful and they're going to be great. And I will go back to doing stand-up. And when I do more Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I'm supposed to start in November, but as time goes on and we have ways of dealing with this, it'll all go back to loveliness. And you got to work hard to find the loveliness now, but it's all going to be a big lotus flower. I promise you. Thank you so much. Like, fingers crossed for it all. I know I'm dying to get back to like uh, well, theaters know, and start all my shows anyway, again. The only, the only thing that we have to do is be okay. And by the way, you're all young. I imagine some of you are in therapy. For whatever reason, your parents were in therapy. I'm in therapy. And one thing, I've, it makes me a better man. And one thing I've learned over the years in therapy is to be okay. It was a hard lesson to learn. Be okay with not knowing. So we don't know when all things are going to get back to normal. But they will get back to normal. And it will be a lotus flower. Just got to be comfortable with the not knowing. That's the only hard part. Thank you. Thank you. We have found another Louis to ask you a question. Very popular name. What can I say? So, Louis, ask can, can I just say, this is a no-way setup. I was not brought here. I was not paid to come along. I was in the Zoom since half seven this evening. I just wanted to make it very clear from the beginning. This is not a setup. But uh, lovely oh, to meet you. By the way, Louis, I can see you have a delightful kitchen behind you. Thank you. I think after you're done talking to me, you should have a snack. Thank you very much. I've not actually had dinner yet, so that, that could be a wise idea. Um, I hear you are into your photography. Is that correct? Yes. 
Hold on, another. Hold on, it's my ex-wife. Hold on. Hey, I'm on um, a, a Zoom thing with uh, London, with all the kids. Uh, but I'll talk to you in a while. I'll explain to you later. I told you about. I'll tell you later. Goodbye. Um, I tell. By the way, I'm one of the few men on earth who's happy to talk to their ex-wife every day. I love her. That's, that's um, entirely your choice. It is my choice, and I choose that. You know, you can make the choice to be kind and thoughtful and giving and just have that be who you are. That's what I've chosen. I've chosen that. I've not chosen to be a selfish jerk. I want to be, I want, you know what my goal is always in life? To be a mensch. That's what I want to be. Be a Me mensch. Too. Well, good. That's good, Louie. All right, so Louie, you were asking me about my photography. Yeah, I wanted to know if you had a, a specific genre that uh, you are focusing on. Well, yes, as a matter of fact, I have in here, my, I have an assistant for my photography. I'm in my office right now, and I have to go through all these pictures because I'm doing a book. Um, as you can see, all the pictures are of people usually on a film and television set. So um, that's what I shoot. I shoot people and there'll be a book. But by the way, um, I am planning uh, when this goes away, I'm coming to London to perform. And at the same time, I'm gonna have a photo show in London. I already had it here in Los Angeles. And I shoot Leica cameras, and it'll be at the Leica Gallery in in uh, London. And uh, I'll be performing. I don't know where I'll be performing yet, but I'll be in London with my photography. I'm, I love doing photography. Now I got asked earlier, did I know I was going to be a famous comedian? Did I, and I and I did. I knew I was funny. I knew that I was going to make it. Knew it. Now, in terms of photography, that started about 14, 15 years ago. And I only did it because it was fun and it was joyful. And never in my wildest imagination did I think I'll have a book or I'll have a show. Now, you can get a book or a show just by being famous. And I didn't want that. So I waited years before I showed anybody my photography because I wanted to make sure it was really good that when people would see it, they'd go, wow, I love that, you know? And so um, I had no idea that anyone would ever dig my photography. People dig it and it makes me very happy. And uh, I will be bringing it to London. Great. Yeah. I look for you should also uh, come to Golders Green as well. It's a great place in London to just What's that? Uh, I was just I was recommending Golders Green as a place to go and shoot uh, Golders to shoot. Yeah. People yeah, come along. I love shooting people. Yeah, Golders Golders Green? Golders Green. It's a great place. You'd love it. Well hold on. Golders? Golders Green. What where is that? It's in North London. It's a great in place. There's, there's lots of there's lots of uh, Jewish people there. You'd fit oh, in. Great. By the way, I'd love to go there. And the thing about, do I have it with my camera here? No. I uh, like the cameras are so simple and quiet and small that you just, you know, I still hold it up to my eye. You know, because most people, 
do photography with their phone. That's my screenshot of whatever planet that is. Um, but I rarely take pictures on my phone unless it's something I'm going to put up on Instagram. Rarely. Um, I use my camera for everything, which is not, not what people do nowadays. Thank you very much. Thank you. A pleasure to meet you, Louie. Likewise. Before I go to the next um, to the next person, I'm just checking that I am going to get tickets to see you in London, please. Oh, please do, please yeah. do. And I'm I'm I, I I don't I mean yeah, please do. So the last audience question is from Ethan. Oh, Ethan! Finally, you know I told Ethan ask early. Instead, he waits till the end. Go ahead. Always patient. Always patient. Oh man, Ethan! Ethan Fox, you are always like this. I say get in line first. Instead, you're in line last. I say wear your headphones on both ears. You say no. I'm yeah, the work. other one doesn't really work, so you're I have to make sacrifices. I can't handle it anymore. Hi, Ethan. What's Hi, going on? So I've got a bit of an interesting question. So yeah. many say that Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Yes. But most, when they go, go for the rides, parades and attractions. However, I heard you went for a very different reason after your son was born, to leave something they're oh, considered God. good luck by many Jews. Oh, God! <laughs> is this that true? Is and can you tell us more? This is a crazy last question from the audience. Save best well, till last. When my younger son, this is crazy, when my younger son uh, um, was um, circumcised, yeah. you know, we had a moil do it and the whole thing. He hands me like this little envelope. It was just a foil package. And he said to me, I swear, said, your son's foreskin is in this little thing. You need to bury it somewhere that means something to you. Yeah. And at the time, I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Um, and at the time, I had been in Los Angeles for like a year or so. And there wasn't many places that meant a lot to me. Well, I was walking down Sunset Boulevard and I saw a big billboard that said, come see the electric parade today at Disneyland. And I thought, I love Disneyland. Yeah. That's where I'm going to go bury his foreskin, which is so stupid. <laughs> um, and then what I did was when I went to Disneyland, I went by myself, which by the way, at the time I was 34, I think, 33. Really, it's not, it looks bad when you're a man walking around Disneyland by yourself. It just does. Everyone's with their families. I'm walking around by myself with my son's foreskin in my pocket. I mean, people it, wouldn't have known that, so. <laughs> um, and so what I decided, because I told you I've lost weight, I was eating crap. I thought, I'm going to go in every land, Fantasyland, Frontierland, uh, Tomorrowland. I'm going to go in every land and have a big meal. And yeah. when I'm done with all the meals, I will bury my son's foreskin and it'll be a magical day and I won't eat crap again. Well, I think I made it through two lands. I'm in Fantasyland and there's this area where 
they have food in Fantasyland. I think it was based on the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I don't, I, I, not quite clear. So I'm sitting, I got my food and I'm eating a big turkey leg. And I'm eating like this and there's all these families and I'm <laughs> a turkey leg. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I felt like an idiot. So I went to Sleeping Beauty's castle. I tied the foil envelope in a rock yeah. and I threw it. If you ever go to Disneyland here in Los Angeles, I threw his foreskin and a rock took it down in the lagoon outside of Cinderella's castle. I mean, Sleeping Beauty's castle. And that's where my son's foreskin I mean, it's a good story. I'll, I'll make sure to keep an eye out if I ever go. It's so stupid and embarrassing. Oh, my God. And I've been to Disneyland. We even filmed the Goldbergs at Disneyland one day. Yeah. Um, I've been to Disneyland so many times since then. Yeah, I, I'm a person who loves Disneyland. And I'm not big on rides. I get dizzy very easy. Like, I don't go on Space Mountain and stuff. Whenever I'm, whoever I go with, they go on Space Mountain. But being in all the... Um, the Pixar movies, and being uh, uh, on the Goldbergs, which is a, a Disney ABC show, um, I get a guide who takes me around, so I don't have to wait in line. That's yeah. worth getting uh, successful just to do that. <laughs> um, and they give me a guide. So uh, I just, I mean, when you have a guide, I want to go to Disneyland all the time. I'm sad now. I haven't been to Disneyland since we filmed the Goldbergs last year at Disneyland. Yep. I wish I could go. Uh, but I have no more uh, foreskins to... Uh... Uh, that's, that's a shame. That's a big shame. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, wow. I have been begged for one more audience question oh, from Greg. Ethan? It's Ethan, right? Ethan was the young fellow. Who was the person who just asked me a question? Ethan. I just, oh. Ethan, I just want to say nice meeting you. Thank you. Hi, Jeff. Thanks very much for your uh, time. I'm going to sneak in a last Wait, question. Hold on That's a okay. second. Is this Gregory Clark? Very one. The one and only. Gregory Clark? When I was in London last time, everybody said to me, you got to meet Gregory Clark. And I didn't. Look at us now. I'm Nina. pleased I can make your uh, dream come true tonight. Yes, you make me. We made our acquaintances. All right, go ahead, Gregory Clark. What do you want to ask me? By the way, when I start filming the Goldbergs in three weeks, got to shave my beard. I grow a beard every summer, starting last summer. It's the first time I ever grew a beard, and I like having a beard. Yeah, but I have to shave it for the Goldbergs. I got to be all clean. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Gregory um, Clark. Ask me up. Ask what you want, Gregory Clark. So my um, my lockdown uh, binge watching has been Curb Your Enthusiasm, and mm -hmm. um, I, I watched episode after episode, and Larry David's personality sort of rubs off on me. It's quite infectious, and I myself become quite irritable. And I'm wondering if that's something that the the, the rest of the cast and crew uh, experience, or, or whether Larry's really like that in in real life, or uh, no, like I said. We're filming it, we're taking it seriously, but we laugh all day. And Larry's not like that, you know? Um, uh, not that he's not like that. I mean, that's part of who he is. But on the show, he just does what, you know, the show's really about a guy, Larry David, who created Seinfeld, 
who's trying to get through the day with a bit of dignity. Uh, that being said, he fails at it, and I don't help him. My character doesn't help him. But all day long, we don't, we're, we're real people, and we laugh and have a good time all day. We work hard, so it doesn't rub off on me. I'm, although I can be grumpy sometimes if I'm tired. No, actually not. I don't get grumpy. Well, maybe I do. I don't know. Ah. But nice, and, and really, that's only when the camera's rolling. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you. So, of course, this pandemic has been awful, especially for the elderly and those who are high risk. And of course, they're the priority. But for young people who haven't been able to go to school, not knowing what's going to happen with their future, with university, exams, COVID's had a serious toll on our mental health. Um, I know that you have... Um, done some transcendental meditation and I do meditation as well and I was wondering if you could tell us more about it. Well transcendental meditation is beautiful because it's not religious you know it's not it is organized which I don't love but it's not religious and so it's really effortless you have a mantra you close your eyes what it is really is twice a day I just down and I'm present. I do it when I'm at the, on the set. I go to my trailer or if we're filming on location, I'll say to, let's say we're filming in a hotel, I'll ask them if there's a quiet area I can sit. And here's the thing that, you know, it's very calming and I recommend it. I recommend any kind of meditation as long as you're just being quiet and present. But here's what I want to say. When you're young, Everything seems so big in terms of drama. A lot of drama in high school with boys, with girls, a lot of drama. And I promise you, uh, in terms of going to university or, you know, some of us, some of you didn't get to graduate this year or won't get to graduate and you worry about how college is going to be. The truth is, it's all going to be normal again, but we don't know when. And that's where something like meditation comes in, to just chill out a couple times a day. And like I said, you don't have to do transcendental meditation, anything. Even if you sit for five, transcendental meditation, I do it for 20 minutes twice a day. But even if you sit for five minutes once a day in the quiet somewhere, and just close your eyes and breathe slowly. That'll do wonders for you. It's just taking a break, taking calm, and don't let the drama of all this crap um, uh, get to you. Don't. And if it does, just close your eyes and think of the ocean, think of you doing something that you want, or don't think of anything, whatever you want. It's, it's really nice. So these are unprecedented times. Unprecedented, yes, for sure. Yes. Um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm, much older, I'm much older than all of you, and I've never experienced anything like this. So it's unprecedented. Okay. This is something you'll tell your grandchildren about. Yeah. You know, you hear so, things about the past. It's like, what was that like? What was that like when you talk to older people? By the way, 
That's one thing I want to add as a bonus. Some older people are always telling you what to do, and they're just not getting it. But look to older people that you think are cool, and because they've lived a life, and they've lived a lot more life, and they can show you things. So many older people should have respect. A lot of older people, you want to say, hey, will you shut up and leave me alone? You want to. Don't do that. Disrespectful. But there are so many beautiful older people that I bet you if any one of you like acts of kindness, you can't do it now, obviously, um, but there might be things you can do in terms of like going to an old person's home and just sitting and talking with the people or talking with the, pe the older members of your temple or whatever it is. There are so many people that are older who have, I have had so many mentors, older mentors in my life. Like I hang out with people, you know, who's a, a, a friend of mine right now, not right now, but a friend of mine who I love, a guy named Norman Lear. And Norman, I believe is either 98 or 99. And he teaches me stuff all the time. So I hang out on the computer, on my iPhone, with a guy who's 99 years old, teaches me so much. Yeah. Um, he created uh, numerous TV shows. He uh, has been a comedy writer his whole life. So it's just an honor and a delight to spend time with someone like that. Uh, and he never tells me what to do, but I ask him. That's delightful when you can ask an older person. Your grandparents, who you probably can't see, just talk to them. I bet you your grandfather or grandmother has more for you to, to, to learn from than you can possibly imagine. So do you think that we can take any positives from this? And do you think that, you know, we can take any positive messages and we can all be joyful again and take really positive things from this? Well, okay. So look, when things are at their worst, you can find joy. You find joy wherever you can. Sometimes when I speak at a college and I'll say to the students, what, what is your dream? What do you want? And I swear, they all, the number one thing that I hear is, I want to be happy. Well, that's all good and fine. But life is not about being happy. Being happy is such a small part of life because some days you're not so happy. And it's okay. You know, people say, don't be sad. No, it's okay to be sad. Being sad is part of the whole thing. You can't be happy all the time. You can't be happy all the time. And so it is times where you're down and depressed, but do your best to get through that. Enjoy joy wherever you can find it. Enjoy happiness whenever it finds its way to you. And I think that the best is still ahead. The best is still ahead. That's just my feeling. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can feel the same way too if you want to. Definitely. So mm. finally, the last question is always the biggest that we ask all of our guests. Mm. And we ask them to nominate and ask another celebrity to be a future guest if you've enjoyed tonight, which we really hope you have. So do you I have, have any comedians, any Jewish comedians, JJ Abrams, maybe Shakira, anyone that you'd like to nominate? I nominate JJ Abrams, <laughs> to be honest with you, because He's a sweet, thoughtful man, and I think he might do it. That, that's, I didn't want to just nominate 
Shakira, I, think I, don't, I mean, yeah. I do have Shakira's phone number, <laughs> but I don't use it. We're not like friends, we're acquaintances and I leave her alone. It's not like, hey, Shakira, let's have lunch. And she's got a family, <laughs> be bothering Shakira. Um, and I know Selena has a lot of demands, what have you, but JJ, uh, a great man, um, Jewish, uh, I think he might do it. I'll mention it to him. Amazing, um, thank you so much. Sure. So that was the last question. Thank you so much for joining us and inspiring us all and giving us much needed laughter. Hey, Abby, you. Abby, you inspired me today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was an honor to be here, an honor to be here. I really enjoyed myself. I did, and it was truly an honor. And I thank all of you here on Zoom, and I thank all of you watching on Facebook. And... Um, I'm going to keep doing my best to make anyone who follows my career to laugh, to watch what I do. Because I've been doing this since I'm 20 years old. So I've been doing it for 38 years, which seems like longer than most of you have been alive. And I am just getting started. How do you like that? <laughs> so thank you. Once again, honestly, please stay safe, take care of yourself, and we hope to see you again soon. Well, I say as a Jew, Zeigesund, which I think is nice. <laughs> uh, hey, thank you. I'll see you guys later. See you soon. Okay, take so care. now you're going to see me, like, look for the thing uh, <laughs> where I click off. Hold on. See, this is always. Oh, and that's it. A massive thank you to all of you for turning in to our third night of JLGB Virtual Summer Entertainment Extravaganza, supported by Genesis Philanthropy Group. And a huge thanks again to Steve, tonight's Acts of Kindness Charity Camp Simper, and wasn't he amazing, our brilliant special guest, superstar, Jeff Garlin. Keep following us on social media at JLGBHQ so you don't miss a thing. Until then, keep well and good night. Thank you so much for listening to Jersey Virtual, We Are Live. Take care of yourselves and stay safe and we shall see you again soon.